started tonight. Y'all, let me have your attention. Kids sing is something that we have to kind of learn how we're going to go about it and go about doing it. And uh, I'm going to start tonight. Every single kid's scene is going to start with our saying the books of the Bible together. 99.999% of people in the world don't know the books of the Bible. But in a, in a, in a few weeks, y'all going to be able to say them in your sleep. We begin every session of kids sing with the books of the Bible. We're going to close out with questions, and you'll learn the answer to those questions too. And in between, we're going to learn uh, Bible facts, and you're going to get a chance to earn trophies for the facts that you learn. If you learn a particular card or a group of facts that I tell you about, you go to one of our elders. We're going to sing about the elders in just a minute. You're going to go to one of our elders and say that, that those facts, and you'll get a trophy, all right? So let's begin tonight by saying the books of the Bible together. I want everybody to join in. One, two, three. Genesis. Leviticus. Deuteronomy. Joshua. First Samuel, second Samuel, first Kings, second Kings, first Chronicles, second Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Psalms, Solomon, Hosea, Limitations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi, Matthew, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, first Corinthians, second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Colossians, first Thessalonians. First Timothy, second Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, James, First Peter, Second Peter, First John, Third John, Jude. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to give me one. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Climb up the mountain, point to the sun. Know this, the grass is count everyone. Measure the rainbow, sail on the sea. God made this whole world beautiful for me. Y'all never heard that? Well, let's practice it one more time. Climb up the mountain, point to the sun. Know this, the grass is count everyone. Measure the rainbow, sail on the sea. God made this whole world beautiful for me. All right, the next question I'm going to ask you, we're going to learn the song. What's the key verse of authority in the Bible? The answer is Colossians 3, 17. So if I ask you, what's the key verse of authority in the Bible, what do you say? Colossians 3, 17. Now, what does Colossians 3, say? Whatever you do, in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord. Whatever you do, in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord. Try it again. Whatever you do, in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord. Whatever you do, in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord. All right. How many elders do we have here at Google? Do y'all know? Four? You know who they are? We're going to see about that, all right? Y'all pay attention and follow along. We'll, we'll see it again. Boonville has four elders. They're good men, as you'll see. There's Jim Estes, Larry Morgan, and Buster Green. Don't forget Tommy Barragona, too. 
These are our four elders and good shepherds too. And so in a few weeks, you're going to know who all of our elders are. And when you go and ask them to help you get a trophy, you're really going to learn who they are. Let's sing it again. Google has four elders. They're good men, as you'll see. There's Jim Estes, Larry Morgan, and Buster Green. Don't forget Tommy Maradona, too. These are our four elders and good shepherds, too. All right, let's learn the plan of salvation. We, we're going to sing it two different ways or go over two different ways. First of all, for the younger kids. Let me see your hand here. Got your hand? Hear, believe, repent, confess, be baptized in the water. Rise up again to walk with Christ and live like you ought to. One more time. Hear, believe, repent, confess. Rise up again, walk with Christ and live like you ought to. Now, you folks that are preschool, if you can sing that song, you're going to get a trophy. Now, for those that are older, every week I'm going to ask you, if I say here, you say Romans 10, 17. Let's practice. Here. Here. Okay. If I say believe, you say John 8, 24. Okay. Here. No. Listen. Here. Romans 10, 17. Believe. Well, let's practice that again, all right? If I say here, you say if I say believe, you say John 8, 24. All right. Now, eventually, we're, there's songs to each of those verses. You're going to learn what those verses say by singing. Let's practice again. If I say here, you say believe. All right, let's do one more. Repent. Luke 13, 3. All right. Repent. Luke 13, 3. Luke 13, 3. Let's do those three. We won't learn the rest of it tonight, okay? If I say here, you say? Believe. Repent. Luke 13, 3. Now, eventually, you're going to wake up in the middle of the night and your parents will say you're saying this in your sleep. All right? There's repetition. We're going to keep going and going and going until we get it all down. Now, time is getting away from us already. The fruits of the Spirit. There's a song as well as learning the fruits of the Spirit anyway. There's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Right, there's a song we sing about that. These are the good fruits. These are the good fruits. These are the good fruits. All within our soul. Love, joy, peace, and faithfulness. Patience, kindness, and goodness, gentleness, and self-control. These are good fruits in our soul. These are the good fruits. These are the good fruits. These are the good fruits all within our soul. And of course, if y'all uh, ever sung a song about the judges, who were the, the, the judges of Israel? Okay, let's sing about that. We're going to go on. God said, Judges over Israel, woman, 14 men. They helped Israel fight their battles, led them back to God from sin. Othniel, Ehud, Shemgar, Bethrah, Ethan, Abimelech, Torah, Ter, Jephthah, Isman, Elon, Adam, Samson, Eli, Samuel. One more time. God said, Judges over Israel, one great woman, 14 men. 
they helped Israel fight their battles, led them back to God from sin. Othniel, Ehud, Shemgar, Deborah, Gideon, Abimelech, Tolan, Jared, Jephthah, Ishbam, Elon, Abdon, Samson, Eli, Samuel. If I say here, what do you say? Believe. Repent. Right, see, you remember, that's great. All right. At the end of each class, and I'm going to make sure we quit on time tonight, I'm going to ask you a series of questions every single week. And you're going to answer these questions the same. And these questions, I hope through the years, will impact your life. And you'll always remember them. I've got a handout for you to take home uh, for the last one. The first question I'm going to ask you every week is, what is true success in life? And your answer is going to be, living your life and going to heaven when this life is over. So I'm going to ask you, and let's say it loud and clear together. What's true success in life? Living your life and going to heaven when this life is over. Okay, we say it wrong. All right, the next question is, what's true failure in life? And the answer is, living your life and going to hell when this life is over. That's true failure in life. So the first question, what is true success in life? In your life and going to heaven when this life is over. What's true failure in life? Your life and going to hell when this life is over. Okay? Uh, what's God's ideal for marriage? The answer is one man or one woman for life. I want to tell you a story about my son. He grew up going to Kid City. And when he was in first grade, he had to leave the Pledge of Allegiance on the PA system for the whole school. You know what he said? I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, one man for one woman for life. <laughs> you know, we, 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 we had such repetition about that. So, what's God's idea for marriage? One man for one woman for life. Now, the next question is, why were you made? And the answer is to glorify God. All right? Give me the answer. Why were you made? Okay. And because God made you, what does that mean? Your answer is, I am special. So why were you made? Okay. Why were you made? To glorify God. And because God made you, what does that mean? I am special. I want you to say it that way and mean it. Now, this is the key right here. I've had college students uh, that have gone through 20 years of this that have come to me and says, this has helped them through the years when they face difficult assignments and problems in life or difficulties in life. Always ask the question, what are you going to do all day tomorrow? Your answer is, I will do my best. I will never give up and let God take care of the rest. So, when you go to school tomorrow, if you have a ball practice tomorrow, when you get home, what are you going to do all day long? I will do my best. I will never give up and let God take care of the rest. And then we're going to close with this one. Always remember that right is always right. Wrong is always wrong. It's never right to do wrong, and it's never wrong to do right. 
And that's right because the Bible is right. So I'm going to pass these out. I'd like to ask a couple of men to come up here, please, and help me pass these out to these kids real quick. If you don't, if you don't mind, I just want to make sure I'm going to go ahead and finish. I want to make sure each of you get one of these sheets. Now, on this sheet here, if you'll look, there's verses that go with each of these. For example, I will do my best. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your mind. Now, you can get a trophy for learning this. All right? I will never give up. The Bible says, he who endures to the end, the same shall be saved. And then the third one is, let God take care of the rest. And it says, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And so we are going to learn these kinds of things that I've talked about tonight. And we're going to learn a lot more. But we're always going to close out with this song. Y'all ready to pay attention? Pay attention. One, two, three. Jesus loves me. One and two. Loves you. Three and four. He loves you more. More than you ever did love me before. Five, six, seven. Look to heaven. Eight and nine. His love is divine. Now we sung right up to ten. We don't have time to sing it again. Do it one more time. One, two, three. One and two. Three and four, he loves you more, more than you've ever been loved before. Five, six, seven, eight and nine. Now we've sung right up to ten. All right, that's a good start. I appreciate the way y'all felt tonight. Now, we're fixing to go to class, but before we do, I've been asked to make a couple of announcements, and we're going to have a prayer. Uh, we want to remember uh, Linda Beer. In our prayer, she's scheduled to have a heart attack uh, tomorrow morning. Also, I want to remind everyone in the congregation that there's going to be a World Evangelism Work Day on Friday, January the 28th in Winona. The bus will leave at 8 and return by 6. And uh, there's a sign-up sheet on the table in the foyer. Also, I want to remind those in the Golden Circle that we have postponed uh, the lunch that was originally scheduled for Tuesday. That's all the announcements that I have. We're going to be led in prayer, and then we'll go to our classes. Here. Let us all pray together. Our Father in the heaven, we give the eye of thanks for letting us sing <coughs> here this evening and assemble together and have a special session for our younger people. Thank them Brother Doug who's done such a good job and pray the young people will help them grow up to be part of their kingdom too, Father. We pray for every class tonight as they go to the classes that they will learn something from my word and help edify. We thank them for the church here and we pray that they continue to be with us as we seek to serve thee, Father. Things that we say and do will be pleasing in our sight. The word dressed in Christ's name. Amen.
Good evening. We're continuing our study of uh, Joshua the man and and the book. We're on lesson number 10 tonight. We're going to begin finding out about how they divided up the inheritance. You remember they completed the war in last week's lesson. And so tonight, the next part is to divide up the inheritance. There's quite a bit of discussion about this, so it's going to take us two lessons to go through that. Uh, Brother Rick is going to continue to be our designated reader. I've noticed on social media we're getting several positive comments about how well Brother Rick is doing. We really appreciate his help. We're going to start in Joshua, the 13th chapter. We've got three chapters to cover tonight, so we may move a little faster than usual. Now Joshua was old, advanced in years, and the Lord said to him, You're old, advanced in years, and there remains very much land yet to be possessed. This is the land that yet remains, all the territory of the Philistines and all that of the Jezreites. From Sihor, which is east of Egypt, as far as the border of Ekron, northward, which is Canada's Canaanite. The five lords of the Philistines, the Gazites, the Ashdodites, the Ashkelonites, the Gittites, and the Ekronites, also the Ivites. From the south, all the land of the Canaanites and Mirror that belongs to the Sidonians as far as Aphek to the border of the Amorites. The land of the Jebulites and all Lebanon toward the sunrise from Baalgad below Mount Hermon as far as the entrance to Hamath. All the inhabitants of the mountains from Lebanon as far as the brook Mesrephoth and all the Sidonians, them I will drive out before the children of Israel, only divide it by lot to Israel as an inheritance as I have commanded you. Now therefore divide this land as an inheritance to the nine tribes and half the tribe of Manasseh. Well, let's look at what we learned on that short reading. Did you know that Joshua was an old man? The Bible says he was advanced in years. God himself called Joshua old. Now, if he's calling Joshua old, I don't know what he said about Adam or Methuselah as they approached the end of their earthly life. But it was time to divide the inheritance in Canaan among the nine and a half remaining tribes. There is some land remaining to be taken over. Uh, Each tribe was to finish the work of driving out any of the area, any in that area that were idol worshipers. And we're going to find several references to tribes that didn't complete the work that they were supposed to do. Let's go on with verses 8 through 13. With the other half-tribe, the Reubenites and the Gadites received their inheritance, which Moses had given them beyond the Jordan eastward, as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had given them. From Aurora, which is on the bank of the river Arnon, and the town that is in the midst of the ravine, and all the plain of Medeba as far as Debon. All the cities of Sihon, king of the Amorites, who reigned in Heshbon as far as the border of the children of Ammon, Gilead and the border of the Jezurites and Machathites, all Mount Hermon and all Bashan as far as Salca. All the kingdom of Og and Bashan who resigned in Ashtaroth and Edre who remained of the remnant of the giants for Moses had defeated and cast out these. Nevertheless, the children of Israel did not drive out the Jezurites or the Machathites, but the Jezurites and the Machathites dwell among the Israel, 
Israelites until this day. First reference to, reference to not completing the job. We, you'll remember that two and a half tribes stayed on the east side of Jordan. These tribes were the half tribe of Manasseh, the tribe of Reuben, and the tribe of Gad. And as we read, they did not drive out the evil ones. <clears throat> there in verse 13 where it said, it re referred to the Gezerites and the Machathites. These were two small kingdoms on the east side of Jordan that didn't really fight against Israel when Moses defeated Sihon, king of the Amorites, and Og, king of Bashan. It was the tribal responsibility, though, to ensure any remaining enemy were eliminated, and they did not do that. Therefore, take careful heed to yourselves that you love the Lord your God, or else if indeed you do go back and cling to the remnant of these nations, these that remain among you, and make marriages with them, and go in to them, and they to you. Know for certain that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations before you, but they shall be snares and traps to you, and scourges on your sides, and thorns in your eyes, until you perish from this good land which the Lord your God has given you. If you look at uh, back at Judges chapter 2, verses 2 and 3, and you shall make no covenant with the inhabitants of this land. You shall tear down their altars, but you have not obeyed my voice. Why have you done this? Therefore I also said, I will not drive them out before you, but they shall be thorns in your side, and their God shall be a snare to you. You know, our theme this year is the power of one, and our reference is Philippians 4.13, where Paul talked about being able to do all things through Christ which strengthens him. They could have done all things when they were capturing this land if they had just followed through and did what God asked them to do, but they missed their window of opportunity. And now God is telling them here in Judges that I'm not going to help you. In Joshua 13 and verse 14, Rick, only to the tribe of Levi he had given no inheritance. The sacrifices of the Lord God of Israel made by fire are their inheritance, as he said to them. As we continue on through the rest of Joshua, we're going to find that there are going to be several references made to the tribe of Levi and a reminder that they're not going to get a specific landmass that's going to be their inheritance. Later on, we're going to have a a whole lesson dealing with the 48 cities that were scattered throughout all the different tribes of, of Israel. When we look back at Deuteronomy 18 and verses 1 and 2, the priests, the Levites, all the tribes of Levi shall have no part nor inheritance with Israel. They shall eat the offerings of the Lord made by fire and his portion. Therefore, they shall have no inheritance among their brethren. The Lord is their inheritance, as he said to them. Rick, would you read from Numbers 35, 1 through 5? And the Lord spoke to Moses in the plain of Moab by the Jordan across from Jericho, saying, Command the children of Israel that they give the Levites cities to dwell in from the inheritance of their possession. And you shall also give the Levites common land around the cities. 
They shall have the cities to dwell in, and their common land shall be for their cattle, for their herds, and for all their animals. The common land of the, of the cities which you have, shall give the Levites shall extend from the wall of the city outward a thousand cubits all around. And you shall measure outside the city on the east side 2,000 cubits, on the south side 2,000 cubits, on the west side 2,000 cubits, and on the north side 2,000 cubits. The city shall be in the middle. This shall belong to them as common land for the cities. We're just sort of touching on the lesson that we're going to study about in a couple of weeks. But the... the Levites did have some land, enough land to take care of their livestock. You know that they also got money or resources from the other tribes. They, they gave of tithes that ultimately went back to the tribe of Levi. The tribe of Levi were doing a lot of the Lord's work. And they were scattered throughout all these other tribes. Uh, it, it was like God had intentionally place them in a position to have a spiritual influence on the rest of Israel. And there's a love-hate relationship that goes on between the tribes and the tri other tribes and the tribe of Levi, but we'll get into that later on. The remainder of Joshua 13 is a flashback, and it explains how Moses divided the land east of Jordan. Through verse 23. And Moses had given to the tribe of the children of Reuben an inheritance according to their families. <clears throat> their territory was from Aurora, which is on the bank of the river Arnon, and the cities in the midst of the Rabin, and all the plains by Medeba, Heshbon, and all its cities that are, that are in the plain, Debon, Bamothbaal, Bethbaal, Meon, Jehaza, Kedamoth, Mephath, Jerjathiam, Sibma, Zareth Shahar on the mountain of the valley, Beth Peor, the slopes of Pisgah, and Beth Jesimoth, all the cities of the plain, and all the kingdom of Sihon, king of the Amorites, who reigned in Heshbon, whom Moses had struck with the princes of Midian, Eva, Rechem, Zur, Hur, and Reba, who were princes of Sihon, dwelling in the country. The children of Israel also killed with the sword Balaam, the son of Beor, the soothsayer, among those who were killed by them. And the border of the children of Reuben was the bank of the Jordan. This was the inheritance of the children of Reuben, according to their families, the cities, and their villages. Uh, this map depicts the promised land. What you can see in the box is the land that Reuben was given. That's sort of a blow-up of that. It's interesting. Mount Nebo was part of the uh, land that was in Reuben's territory. And now for the tribe of Gad, we're going to read in verses 24 through 28. Moses also had given an inheritance to the tribe of Gad, to the children of Gad, according to their families. Their territory was Jazir and all the cities of Gilead, and half the land of the Ammonites as far as Aurora, which is before Rabbah, and from Heshbon to Ramoth Mizpah and Batoman, and from Mahaman, Mahanim to the border of Deber. And in the valley of Beth Haran, Beth Nimrah, Sukkoth, and Zaphon, the rest of the kingdom of Sihon, king of Heshbon, with the Jordan as its border, as far as the edge of the Sea of Chinneroth, on the other side of the Jordan eastward. 
This is the inheritance of the children of Gad according to their families, the cities, and their villages. Once again, there is that map showing all of the tribes and where they were, and you can see Gad there in the box. Uh, you can see the Sea of Galilee, and then you got the Jordan River flowing down and going into the Dead Sea. And, and the Jordan River, as we read, was on the border of Gad. And there you can see it's very close to Jericho, but Jericho is not in the territory of Gad. Jericho was on the other side of the Jordan. And then the half-tribe uh, of Manasseh, starting in verse 29. This is the inheritance of the children of Gad according to their families, the cities, and their villages. Moses also had given an inheritance to half the tribe of Manasseh. It was for half the tribe of the children of Manasseh according to their families. Their territory was for Mahanaim, all Bashan, all the kingdom of Og, king of Bashan, and all the towns of Jair, which are in Bashan, 60 cities. Half of Gilead and Asheroth and Edrei, cities of the kingdom of Og and Bashan, were for the children of Machir, the son of Manasseh for half of the children of Machir, according to their families. These are the areas which Moses had distributed as an inheritance in the plains of Moab on the other side of the Jordan by Jericho eastward. But to the tribe of Levi, Moses had given no inheritance. The Lord God of Israel was their inheritance, as he had said to them. Again, we have the reference back to the tribe of Levi. There's the... 12 tribes again, and you can see that larger box for the half-tribe of Manasseh that's on the east side of Jordan. And you can see it almost goes up to what we would call the Sea of Galilee, but the River Jordan is on its eastern boundary. Now we're going to look at the land-dividing process for the other nine-and-a-half tribes. We're starting in chapter 14. These are the areas which the children of Israel inherited in the land of Canaan, which Eleazar the priest, Joshua the son of Nun, and the heads of the fathers of the tribes of the children of Israel distributed as an inheritance to them. Their inheritance was by lot, as the Lord had commanded by the hand of Moses, for the nine tribes and the half-tribe. For Moses had given the inheritance of the two tribes and the half-tribe on the other side of the Jordan, but to the Levites he had given no inheritance among them. For the children of Joseph were two tribes, Manasseh and Ephraim, and they gave no part to the Levites in the land, except cities to dwell in, which their common lands for their livestock and their property. As the Lord had commanded Moses, so the children of Israel did, and they divided the land. First part of what uh, Rick just read to us said that they, sort of a group of leaders divided up this property by lot. They cast lots to make a decision about who was going to get what land. I want you to think about this. Can you think of any advantages of casting lots to divide up the remainder of this land? Anybody got any ideas why that might be a positive way to do it? You ever heard of anybody getting upset over landlines? It's just amazing, you know. Sometimes you put your driveway over on my lot and people would get all upset. 
But here, when they cast Lot, who did they turn the decision on over to when they cast Lot's? I say, yes, I see some head nodding. Who do you think they turned the decision over to? They turned the decision over to God. It's very similar. You, you can think even in the New Testament when they were choosing a replacement for Judas. Once again, they cast lots and gave the decision back over to the Godhead. Right. Now, Caleb gets some special treatment. We hear about that in one place here is in Joshua 14, verses 6 through 9. Then the children of Judah came to Joshua and Gilgal. And Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me and Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. Numbers 14, verse 24, But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land where he went, and his descendants shall inherit it. And in Deuteronomy 1, 34 to 36, Rick, would you read that, please? And the Lord heard the sound of your words and was angry, and took an oath, saying, Surely not one of these men of this evil generation shall see that good land of which I swore to give to your fathers, except Caleb the son of Jephunneh. He shall see it, and to him and his children I am giving the land on which he walked, because he wholly followed the Lord. Benefits here and in eternity to follow in the Lord. Caleb is a great Bible example of how you can get benefits on earth for following the Lord as well as a wonderful inheritance when you die. Now, Caleb also, you know, he, back there when he was giving the report, they said that the giant, the people of Israel looked like uh, grasshoppers. And he remembers that because... He, I guess he's the chief grasshopper because he's going he's gonna to have a plague on these giants, I think. All right, let's read about that. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, here I am this day, 85 years old. As yet, I'm as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war both for going out and for coming in. Now, therefore, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you heard in that day how the Anakim were there and that the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me, and I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him and gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, as an inheritance. Hebron, therefore, became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, to this day, because he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. And the name of Hebron formerly was Kirjath Arba. Arba was the greatest man among the Anakim. 
than the land had rest from war. Caleb was 85 years old. This was uh, 45 years after he was a spy. If my math is correct, that would mean he would be on, have been about 40 when they left Egypt. <clears throat> this is 45 years after the Lord had promised him an inheritance. He was still strong and vigorous. Anybody in here feeling their age? I'll hold up my hand. I can feel my age. He's not feeling his age. He's still strong and vigorous. Caleb wanted the hill country where the giants or the Anakites were. And he promised to drive them out. And Joshua blessed Caleb and gave him Hebron. Now we're going to look at Judah's allotment. We're going to transition over to chapter 15. So this was the lot of the tribe of the children of Judah, according to their families. The border of Edom at the wilderness of Zin southward was the extreme southern boundary. And their southern border began at the shore of the Salt Sea from the bay that faces southward. Could you index that up there for us, one, please? What is? Go ahead. Then it went out to the southern side of the ascent of Acrabim, passed along to Zen, ascended on the south side of Kadesh, Barnea passed along to Hezron, went up to Adair, and went around to Karka. From there it passed toward Asmon and went out to the brook of Egypt, and the border ended at the sea. This shall, this shall be your southern border. The east border was the Salt Sea as far as the mouth of the Jordan. And the border on the northern began at the bay of the sea at the mouth of the Jordan. The border went up to Beth Hagla and passed north of Beth Arabah. And the border went up to the stone of Bohan, the son of Reuben. Then the border went up toward Debir from the valley of Achor, and it turned northward toward Gilgal, which is before the ascent of Aduman, which is on the south side of the valley. The border continued toward the waters of Enshemesh and ended at Enrogel. And the border went up by the valley of the son of Hinnon to the southern slope of the Jebusite city, which is Jerusalem. The border went up to the top of the mountain and lies before the valley of Hinnom westward, which is at the end of the valley of Rephaim northward. Then the border went around from the top of the hill to the foundation of the waters of Nephtuah and extended to the cities of Mount Ephron. And the border went around to Bala, which is Kirjath, German, then the border turned westward from Bala to Mount Seir, passed along to, <clears throat> to the side of the mountain of Jerem on the north, which is Cheslon, went down to Beth Shemesh and passed on to Timnah. And the border went out to the side of Ekron northward. Then the border went around to Sikron, passed along to Mount Bala and extended to Jabneel, and the border ended at the sea. The west border was the coastline of the Great Sea. This is the boundary of the children of Judah all around according to their families. All right, once again, <clears throat> we've got a square, our block here that's showing the land of Judah. <clears throat> you can see Hebron, or at least I can on this screen. I don't know if you can, right under the J. That was Caleb's territories. Caleb was of the tribe of Judah, and his 
specific inheritance was specified. Some things you ought to remember maybe about Judah. He was the fourth son of uh, Jacob by Leah. He saved Joseph's life. He offered to take Benjamin's place and take his punishment. Uh, That's in Genesis 44. Judah became the leader of the family. We We find in Genesis 46, he received Jacob's blessing. In Genesis 49, he was in the line that ultimately produced Jesus. Now, Caleb's allotment is going in, we go into detail about that here in verses 13 through 20. Caleb to the son of Jephunneh, he gave a share among the children of Judah according to the commandment of the Lord to Joshua, named Kirjath Arba, which is Hebron. Arba was the father of Anak. Caleb drove out the three sons of Anak from there, Shishah, Ahiman, and Talmah, the children of the Anak. And then he went up from there to the inhabitants of Debir. Formerly the name of Debir was Kirjath-Sephir. And Caleb said, Who attacks Kirjath-Sephir and takes it to him, I will give Aksah, my daughter, as wife. So Othniel, the son of Kineas, the, the brother of Caleb, took it, and he gave him Aksah his daughter as wife. Now it was so when she came to him that she persuaded him to ask her father for a field. So she dismounted from her donkey and Caleb said to her, what do you wish? She answered, give me a blessing since you have given me land in the south, give me also springs of water. So he gave her the upper springs and the lower springs. This was the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Judah according to their families. Joshua had given Caleb Hebron, as we'd studied before, and Caleb drove out three sons of Anak. And I find this that Caleb uh, had a great incentive to have other people in his tribe fighting against the enemy. You go out and you destroy this part of the enemy, and I'll give you my daughter as a wife. And Othniel, his nephew, uh, followed his instructions. It's interesting to note that Othniel became the first judge of Israel. Now in Joshua fifteen twenty one through 53, you're going to get a list of Judah's victories with one exception. You think we can read that in two minutes? The cities at the limits of the tribe of the children of Judah toward the border of Edom in the south were Kabzeel, Eder, Jagar, Kena, Dumanah, Adadah, Kedish, Hazor, Ethnon, Ziph, Tilam, Belah, Hazor, Hashatah, Kirath, Hezron, which is Hazar, Amon, Shema, Moladah, Hazar, Gadah, Heshbon, Beth Pelay, Hazar, Shuel, Beersheba, Bizjathamatja, Bela, Ajim, Ism, El Tulad, Chisla, Horma, Ziglag, Damana, Sansana, Lebath, Shilohim, Anan, and Remon. All the cities were 29 and with their villages. In the lowland, Eshtiael, Zora, Ashnan, Zainan, and Ganam, Tapuah, Enam, Jarmuth, Adulam, Sukkah, 
Azekiah, Sharem, Adathim, Jedarah, and Jedarathim. Fourteen cities with their villages. You know, we've got 15 more minutes because we don't have to stop till 6. So we, you can slow down and read a little slower. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead, starting in verse 37. Gad, Dilion, Mizpah, Jokthil, Lachish, Bozakath, Eglon, Cabon, Lamas, Kithilish, Jedareth, Beth Dagon, Beth Dagon, Nama, and Makeda, sixteen cities with their villages. Lebna, Esther, Ashen, Jephtha, Jephtha, Ashnon, and, and Nezeb. Kila, Akzib, and the Marishan. Nine cities with their villages. Ekron, which is towns and villages, with its towns and villages. From Ekron to the sea and all that lay near Ashdod with their villages. Ashdod with its towns and villages. Gaza with its towns and villages. As far as the brook of Egypt and the great sea with its coastline. And in the mountain country, Shamir, Jatir, and Sukkah. Danan, Kerjath, Sana, which is Debir, Anab, Eshtamah, Anam, Goshen, Holon, and Jilah, eleven cities with their villages. Arab, Dumah, Eshin, Janam, Beth Tapa, Afkala, Humta, Kerjeth Arba, which is Hebron, and Zeor, nine cities with their villages. Mayan, Carmel, Ziph, Jutah, Jezreel, Jokdiam, Zonah, Cain, Jibba and Timna, ten cities with their villages. Halhal, Bethzur, Jidor, Marath, Beth Anath, and Elkatan, Eltakan, six cities with their villages. Kerjath Baal, which is Kerjath Jerem, and Reba, two cities with their villages. In the wilderness, Beth Reba, Midian, Sikakah, Nibishan, the city of Salt, and Enjidai, six cities with their villages. As for the Jebusites, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the children of Judah could not drive them out. But the Jebusites dwell with the children of Judah at Jerusalem to this day. You know, we had uh, two things in that reading that were redundant, I think. One was about Levi, about, uh, Levi not getting an inheritance, and, but the other we got another example where they didn't drive out the enemy. Judah could not dislodge the Jebusites from Jerusalem. If you go over to 2 Samuel 4 or 5, verses 4 through 10, you're going to see that the Jebusites caused problems later. I would highlight, though, that Adonai Zedek, who had been king of Jerusalem, we read about in chapter 10, and Joshua had killed him. So it's not like they just totally neglected the Jebusites, but, but you know, he kept telling them that if there is, a, you, if I give you this land and there's a remnant of people left there, you've got to go in and do a mop-up kind of operation. The principle looks like if there's a failure to do God's will today, there are going to be problems tomorrow. 
And these people had problems later on because they did not wipe out these idol worshipers. <clears throat> now, I know when we are encouraging uh, our young people and the choices that they make, we, we encourage, we, there's a watch out about what kind of companions they have, who they associate with, especially who they marry. Uh, and, and this is sort of a dilemma because we want Christians to marry Christians. And yet when you think about it, probably one of the biggest evangelistic successes we have are with Christians who married non-Christians and converted them. But it's a very high risk kind of thing for somebody to go into. It was very high risk here. Uh, I know this inter intermarriage was a problem. I was reading some of the material from the Tuesday Ladies Bible class. They just recently studied about when the children of Israel came back out of captivity and they, they found that some of the earlier people that had come back had intermarried and it was causing a problem. And, and so this warning that they got here early as they were taking over the land, they were supposed to heed it, but it was a problem that could reemerge time after time and it did reemerge for them. So for me, the key learning in this whole three-chapter lesson is trust the Lord. The Lord knows what He's doing. And sometimes the Lord will tell you over and over again what He wants you to hear. When we were studying Joshua in the first chapter, there was something that he told them over and over again, told Joshua over and over again in Joshua chapter 1. What was that? Be strong and courageous. Not only be strong and courageous, but be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. And you can see from all of this stuff that we've just studied, they had a lot of fighting to do. This war that we read about, took them about seven years that they'd been fighting here in Canaan. And yet God had said, I have given you the victory. He's given us the victory, but we still got to go out and fight some battles. So when the Lord tells you to do something, do exactly what He says and do it completely. Uh, Brother Doug, I just really love your kids sing tonight. I think the kind of Bible facts and Bible principles that you are helping us to instill into our children are the things that are going to last them from years on out. And our study of the Old Testament should be something that, that reinforces our learning. You know, when you think about what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians about what we should have learned about the children of Israel when they went through the wilderness. It just re it emphasizes the fact that there, is, there are important nuggets that we can get if we'll go back and dissect 
what God has written to us here in the Old Testament. I know you may think you needed to be a surveyor to enjoy tonight's lesson because we were talking about a lot of boundaries and stuff like that. But I thought if we're going to study Joshua, by the time we finish this 13-week course, we're going to read every word that God said in the book of Joshua because there's no, nothing any more powerful than God's word. The Lord's Supper is available in the little chapel for those who were unable to partake this morning. Uh, would you bow with me, please? Our loving Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for your blessings. We're thankful that we can study how you dealt with the children of Israel, and we pray that we would learn to have confidence in your promises and to put respect or have respect for your commands. We pray that you would bless us as a congregation. Father, we have so many in our number that are suffering from COVID. We pray that you would be with all of them. Uh, we pray that you would be with uh, Sister Linda Beard in her heart cath this week. We pray that you'd be with Sister Virginia Mormon in her heart cath this week. We pray that you'd be with Sister Joan Mormon as she recovers from her sh shoulder injury. We love you, Father. We want to be your servants. Help us to be uh, one with you and help us to be effective this year. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.